This new year, LifeKit wants to help you succeed because everyone needs a little help being human. It can seem so overwhelming. You're not alone. Who can I commit to being? If you want to do something, then just do it. Just take that first step. Great advice every week. Listen to LifeKit from NPR. From KMUW Studios and part of the NPR Podcast Network, this is Books and Whatnot. I'm Suzanne Perez, KMUW's resident book reviewer. And I'm Beth Golay, host of KMUW's Marginalia podcast. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at the Advanced Learning Library in Wichita, Kansas on January 5th, 2023. Any references to new or forthcoming and the like are relative. Welcome to Read, Return, Repeat, Read ICT 2023 kickoff. I'm Sarah Dixon, your host for Read, Return, Repeat, and I am here with... Daniel Wee Wardy, adult programming librarian and co-host of Read, Return, Repeat. Woo! Okay, that's all right. We don't have to keep doing that. So basically, um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are recording our kickoff episode for the 2023 Read ICT Reading Challenge. But not only that, it is our first episode of Read, Return, Repeat Season 3. So to let you know how we're going to run things today, it's a little different than our normal episode, but we're going to be joined by uh, two wonderful guests from the Books and Whatnot podcast on KMUW, our local radio public radio station. Uh, we've got Beth Golay and Suzanne Perez. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Oh, hello, Wichita. See, we really have an audience. Isn't that fun? Oh, it's so fun. So we're recording live at the Advanced Learning Library today, and we're going to just talk about books. We're going to run through the challenge. We're going to share things that we can't wait to read, things that we love that we want to share with all of you. And then we'll actually hear from some of our audience members today. So we're excited about that as well. Well, maybe just real quick for the audience, just a heads up. If you're not familiar with Read, Return, Repeat, we're a podcast in our third season that's available on our library, the Wichita Public Library YouTube page. It ties in with um, Read ICT, and every episode is a category, and we'll have a guest relating to that category. So check it out. You can find it on our website, wichitalibrary.org, and um, also on YouTube and anywhere you find podcasts. Thank you, Daniel, for saving the day. Okay, so what we'll do is just kick it over to Suzanne. Suzanne, will you tell our listeners today about the Read ICT Reading Challenge? Sure. So uh, seven years ago now, um, I just sort of got a wild idea to start a local reading challenge. And that was because I had been reading or seeing these types of challenges in other places, reading websites, blogs, podcasts, those sorts of things. And I just thought it would be neat to do a local version of that. So yeah, way back when, seven years ago, I just threw out 12 categories. And Beth Golay was one of the first people I tagged on Facebook to see if you were interested in the challenge. Do you remember that? I do, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then it sort of took on a life of its own. It's now a very much anticipated annual event. It's super exciting. We love to develop the categories. But just to explain to those who don't know anything about what it's about, it is a 12-book, 12 12-month, 12 12-category 12 challenge. And you can read pretty much you know the first category this year for instance we're going to get to it i know but it's like a book with a non-human narrator that can be anything you want to read and then so you you just complete the challenge 
our partnership with the library means that you can go online to the library's website and log your reading. Um, if you are a completionist like I am and like to keep lists and mark things off and it makes you feel better about what you're doing in life, then the reading challenge is definitely for you. The whole idea is just to encourage people to read more and to read more broadly. So maybe some books that you might not have thought about reading. Yeah, I love that. I am not the kind of person that likes to like make my list, though. I've been looking at the Facebook page a little bit since we released the categories at the beginning of the year, and people are already planning out their full lists. I am more of the reader that reads what I want to read, and then I figure out where it goes later. Yep, and that works for yeah. sure. Same. I make lists, and then I completely ignore them, and I read what I want. So I so I'm sort of fall in both categories, I think. That's fair. What about you, Beth? I wait until two days before the end of the year and then I plug in what I've read but I do have you know my wish list today I have some books selected for books that I'd love to read and I think they will all just become my guilty pleasure because inevitably I read what I have to read that makes sense we didn't say it earlier Beth also runs a different podcast called Marginalia where she interviews a lot of wonderful authors um High-profile authors, one might say. She's kind of a big deal. She's kind of a big deal. We're excited to have her on stage. Thank you. Great. Well, then why don't we just run through the categories really quick? I know you guys are excited to hear these because you've never heard them yet. You've never heard them before. (laughs) Okay. Number one, a book with a non-human narrator. Category number two is a book with a long title. We just picked the arbitrary number seven. (laughs) Seven or more words. Um, Number three, a book about friendship. Number four is a guilty pleasure read. Number five is a book told from a villain's point of view. Number six is a book about time. Category seven is a book with a color in the title. Category eight is a book featuring an LGBTQIA protagonist. Category nine is a book about death or grief. Ten is a book set in the Great Plains. Category 11 is a book about a secret or closed society. And category 12, once again, every year, is a book by an author visiting Wichita. But thanks to COVID, something to keep in mind is that can be in-person or virtual because there was that whole year where we'd had no in-person events, and so it was only uh, virtual. So, But we'll talk more about that later. So let's talk category one. Who wants to go first? <coughs> I'll go. Okay, Suzanne. Um, okay, so this is a book with a non-human narrator. I brought a book to show and tell about, just like David Sedaris did when he was here. I don't know if any of you went to see David Sedaris at the Orpheum when he was here, but every time he tours, he promotes uh, a different book. And this one happens to be a graphic novel told from the point of view of a house cat. It is called Penny. It is super delightful. It's beautifully drawn. It's funny. Penny, as most cats do, sits there and thinks about her life, and she's a very existentialist kind of character, and you see the world through her her point of view, and you know, what's beyond the big door, all that stuff. And the garage. It's just, yeah. <laughs> she, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers <laughs> away. She may or may not escape at one point, but it is just delightful. And, you know, if you don't read a lot of graphic novels, I highly suggest you explore that genre. But this happens to be told from a non-human point of view of a cat. So that's my pick. It looks really cute. I like cats. So (laughs) Beth, what did you pick? I have several on my list because I think when you all recorded video to promote the challenge, I think Suzanne had suggested The Book Thief by Marcus Suzak because it's narrated by Death. 
Um, I also have on my to be read stack Clara in the Sun and the narrator is a, an AI, um, like basically an artificial intelligence being. Yes, that's a very good novel by Kazuo Ishiguro. One of the big reads a few years ago, Circe. I put that I on mean, my list. Too. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about it. No, her, it's okay. She's, you know, she's a minor goddess, so that makes her non-human, right? One that Suzanne mentioned is also in my Thousand Books to Read Before You Die by James Mustick. Uh-huh. I, I have that book that I'm trying to get through as well. And Which is it's a big time challenge. A thousand books. I love this mm, book. It's so but good. Um, Watership Down is in there. Oh, perfect. So I think that's the one I'm going to read. I do love that sometimes I'll hint at the challenge right before the categories are announced. And I had Watership Down in my little stack and someone said, a book about rabbits? <laughs> and I was like, that is very niche. <laughs> that would be Only a category. few books that would yeah. maybe cover that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Daniel, what did you pick? For the book that I want to read is Interview with a Vampire. There's like made a bunch of different, there's a new show. And I figured like I'd go back to the source and like read the original book. So that's, and then uh, one I read, I went with uh, Robopocalypse by Daniel Wilson. If you like World War Z, which is like a fake oral history book, it tells different perspectives, kind of like a Ken Burns documentary. And a lot of them are like from the robot perspective. So that's why I picked it. It's a fun book. Yeah, those both are interesting choices. I think it's really interesting with this category is that like anything that's not a human is so broad, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think people are having a lot of trouble with this category on the Facebook page. There's just so many things out there. You just start going down a rabbit hole, as it were. Uh-huh. It's going to be a lot of there. giving tree, I think. that's. Oh, but we're going to give yeah. you so many other options. Not yeah. that the giving tree isn't great. I mean, classic. <laughs> the, I, that's a, that's the easy one. If you guys need that category, just remember <laughs> the giving tree. Shell Silverstein. It takes 30 seconds to read. <laughs> the other one I need to mention that's on my to-be-read list is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. It's told from the point of view of an octopus, I believe, or at least the octopus is a major character. And that was on a lot of sort of best-of lists for 2022, so I'm excited about that one. What about you, Sarah? Did you have some recommendations? Thank you so much, Daniel. So I went with one that I actually read last year as a guilty pleasure, even though like we'll talk about this later and I will never feel guilty about anything that I read. But it was a YA book and I just really liked it. It was a Cinderella retelling and it's called Cinder by Marissa Meyer. And she is an android or part android, part human. So she's not full human anyway. And she's Cinderella, but she's an android. And it was so cute. I loved it. And then the other one that I did talk about in the video that I just can't help but constantly tell people about is Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton, told from the point of view of a crow that has to, I mean, I can't say he saves humanity because he doesn't, but he's trying to figure out what went wrong because everybody turned into zombies. It's very, very colorful language. So if you are easily offended by foul language, skip it. If you're not and you dive right into that stuff and you like some humor with your apocalypse, like it's pretty great. (laughs) And who doesn't love a little humor with your apocalypse? (laughs) Does anybody have Nutshell on their list? Ian McEwen? It's told from the perspective of a, well, see, this might cause a debate because it's told from the perspective of a nine-month, well, an unborn child, oh, right. nine yes. months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Well, we're not bringing that debate to this no, podcast. But, <laughs> I, but <laughs> I listened to it, and this character, 
you know, it has this British accent and, and sounds like an old man. It's really <laughs> funny audio. to listen to. The audio, yeah. That oh, makes cool. sense. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I need to add to uh, Jennifer Thornberry on the Read ICT Facebook page, which if you are not part of that page, definitely, definitely join it, uh, mentioned a book by Mitch Album called The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto that's told from the point of view of music. Hmm. So Interesting. Music. She really loved it. She says it's one of her all-time favorite reads, so huh. I plan to check that out. I wouldn't even know how you would like start to tell a story from the point of view of music. You have to read it, read it, and find out. I guess. I'm so glad I don't have to write these titles down, and that they're <laughs> going to be in our show notes because now I'm like, oh man, that's six books that I could read, maybe more. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, let's talk category two, right? Let's move on. So category two is a long title, and as Suzanne said, we kind of picked an arbitrary number, and we chose seven. Um, but we wanted it to be harder than you might normally, right? Most titles are maybe a couple words up to maybe five. So this is a little bit further than that, but it's not like 12 because we almost were going to make you have a title with 12 <laughs> words in it, but that seemed mean. Right. So this is a little bit, yeah, more doable. More doable. <laughs> Beth, you want to start again? Sure. And I didn't realize there was a seven word limit, but I think I passed with these. Um, so we'll count this, them out for you. Minimum, this could be seven word minimum. This could be. A guilty pleasure as well. A swim in a pond in the rain in which four Russians give a master class on writing, reading, and life by George Saunders. Uh, I ran out of fingers, okay. so I think you're good. <laughs> um, I love this book. I I have the audio as well as the hardcover. George Saunders narrates it. You know, he's probably best known for his short stories, The 10th of December, but also Lincoln and the Bardo. Well, in this book, he basically guides readers through seven classic Russian short stories because he's been teaching these for 20 years at Syracuse. And so we just get to take a master class from George Saunders. So that's, oh, that's fun. That's one of mine. And then I was visiting with a friend from Random House today, and he wanted me to mention this one. The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir Who Got Trapped in an Ikea Wardrobe by Romaine Puertolas. That hurt my brain a little bit. I know. Can you repeat that, please? The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir Who Got Trapped in an Ikea Wardrobe. Huh. He says it's really charming. Okay. And he's usually right. Yep. Yeah. So if you're looking for a charming read with a long title, <laughs> look for the one about the IKEA wardrobe. <laughs> Daniel, what about you? Skipping oh. over you, Suzanne, for All just right. a That's second. Fine. I'm trying right. to mix it up a I'll little bit. Here. So I'm I'm in the middle of reading this one, but I'm still counting as the one I read. We had a little real estate problem: the unheralded story of Native Americans in comedy by Cliff Nesteroff. Cliff Nesteroff is a comedian historian. His first book was about stand-up in general. Over, and it goes way back to like the beginnings like during the Civil War and all the way. And he's really good at chronicling everything. And you just like learn a bunch. Um, the one thing I didn't notice about books with long titles is they also have long chapter titles. <laughs> they tend to do that. And they're even longer than the book title. Like It's like a two-sentence chapter <laughs> title. And then uh, The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home, a Welcome to Night Vale novel, is my, the one I want to read. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Well, I guess I'm on one. <laughs> I also listen to podcasts. And Welcome to Night Vale, it's a fictional podcast I've been listening to since like 2016. And they have some books out. And that, that was one of the ones that I wanted to read. I've not listened to it, but I remember when it was like all the big rage in podcasts. Because it's fictionalized and yeah. interesting. It's like creepy it's like Twin Peaks, but funner. Like, oh. yeah. 
<laughs> funner. Yeah. Okay, Suzanne, your turn. <laughs> oh, okay. So the one I just finished on New Year's Eve that ended up being on my top 10 books of the year is How to Be Perfect, The Correct Answer to Every Moral Question by Michael Schur. And Michael Schur is the creator of the TV show The Good mm. Place. He also had a hand in The Office. He was a writer for The Office and Saturday Night Live, and he helped create Parks and Recreation. So funny, funny, funny guy. The Good Place show is based on a lot of the research that he did into moral philosophy. So he basically has done all of the reading on moral philosophy and then boils it down into layman's terms about some of the moral conundrums we face every day in life. He's super funny. I highly recommend the audio. That's how I took it in. That's my recommendation for that category. The one I want to read won a National Book Award last year or the year before, Invisible Child, Poverty, Survival, and Hope in an American City by Andrea Elliott. And this is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who reported on a family living in poverty over seven or eight years. And she just follows really, really long-term sort of feature reporting, and I can't wait to, to dig into that one. So those are my two. So the one I talked about before, and again, it's another author that I just love her so much that I'm going to talk about her to anyone that will listen, and it's Phoebe Robinson. She's got two of them that actually fit this category, so I'll give you them both. Her newest book is called Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes. Trust me, it's like 10. Um, And then the other one is You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain. She's funny, she's insightful, because she's a comedian. She started on Two Dope Queens with Jessica Robinson, who was a correspondent on The Daily Show. And so, trust me, she's hilarious. (laughs) And she has a really funny, interesting way of seeing the world. Um, She also likes to make up new words, uh, which are just shortened versions of real words. So like, anyway, you just kind of have to say it out loud to understand what she's saying. It's fine, she's funny. Do you uh, read it or do you listen to the audio? I have I read her other two I have not read her newest one the please don't sit on my bed um, but I follow her like on Instagram yeah I when just, I read it sounds I like still read it be, in her voice yeah she sounds like someone who would be fun on audio yeah to listen to um, and the other one that I picked up that I thought would be a good recommendation if you haven't read it is good omens because the full title right. is good omens the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter which and that's by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman that book I did listen to on audio, and it's hilarious. I listened to it before the show came out on Amazon, and the British, like, older narrator is just perfect. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect way to read that book. All right. Those are my two. Those are great suggestions. So Thank many you. options. So many options. Okay. I did struggle with that one a little bit, and I had to kind of look it up. Because I didn't want to share the same stuff, but... Any kind of nonfiction book that has a subtitle is going <laughs> to count for that. So, yeah, that's, that's helpful. All right, category three is a book about friendship. Daniel, why don't you start? All right, I will kick it off. The one I've read was uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. (laughs) Grady Hendrix is a newer horror author. Uh, He wrote Horror Store was kind of his breakthrough novel. This was his second book. There's actually um, kind of like a sequel. So it takes place in the 80s about these two girls in high school and one becomes possessed by something. And that's kind of a TLDR on the premise of it. As but it uh, if you like Stranger Things or if you like old Stephen King books, it's a great read. And uh, they kind of go into like a lot of the stuff that was going on in the history of like the 80s with like Satanic Panic. And Grady Hendrix is just like a really cool imaginative writer. And I like really like their stuff. He has another book coming out this month, I think. I th- is yeah, it called like How to Sell week. a Haunted House? I'm talking to him for Marginalia. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> 
It's fine. We're not jealous. It's <laughs> no. fine. Don't be jealous. The the one that I would wanted to read is uh, Good Omens, which you already oh, mentioned, okay. because it's uh. about an angel and a demon that are friends. But I think it really works for that category as would well. Would that work for non-human as well? Yes. It would. And I also heard that it, you could use it for villain. I saw oh. that on one of my lists because he's technically the, the devil, devil right? or the demon. He's yeah. demon. Is it set in the Great Plains by chance? (laughs) (laughs) That one it's not. It's also a guilty pleasure. It also could be a guilty pleasure. (laughs) That's the thing, though. If you, and that's how I kind of like to read the categories. Is I, you know, I'll, you know, sort of jot down the numerous categories it might fit into, and then see where I need one at the end of the year. Is this me? I think so. A book about friendship. Uh, One of my favorite reads from last year was Dinosaurs by Lydia Millet. It's the story of a a guy named Gil who's sort of independently wealthy, and he moves uh, after a bad breakup from New York to Arizona. He moves into a house. He lives next to a house that's mostly glass, and the family that moves into that house, shortly after he moves in, he he sort of befriends them. There's a teenage girl and a 10-year-old boy, and he becomes sort of a pseudo-babysitter for the boy. And it's just a lovely lovely story about a guy just trying to do the right thing as he goes through life and it's just a wonderful wonderful book Um, what you know uh, what does the title have to do with any of that oh dinosaurs so part of what gil does is he gets interested in the birds around his house in arizona and we know that birds are descendants of dinosaurs lydia millette is also kind of a cli-fi writer if you remember from previous challenges, cli-fi was a category a couple years ago, uh, climate fiction. Um, and so she, she writes sort of a, a lot of um, sort of environmental themes. So uh, it refers to the birds, but it's also just sort of metaphoric for the novel, I think. So really, it, it means nothing. It, it, it's really <laughs> okay. a weird title for that book. Always, always have to put in a plug for A Little Life, but don't go into that one lightly. Um, that is about uh, friendships through the years. Very, It'll take your heart and stomp it into a million pieces. That's by uh, Hanya Yanagihara. And what I'd like to read is Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Avaristo. And also, I've never read Little Women. I'm so <gasps> what? embarrassed. I know. Beth dies. My... <laughs> <laughs> if you watch Friends, you know that Beth dies. Come on. <laughs> you are a mean, mean Oh, person. I thought you were talking about yourself, Beth. And then I was like... <laughs> Like you're dying at the news of Suzanne having not read Little Women. Yeah, that makes way more sense. <laughs> that about would the be completely appropriate yeah. as well. I have a few actually. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin is a great one about friendship, but I also want to use that one in a later category. So disregard that. Um, <laughs> Best of Friends by Kamala Shamsi just came out this year. The one that I think I'm going to read, it's a book coming out in June, and it's called The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donohue. And apparently it's, it's a funny novel about friends, lovers, Ireland in chaos, and a young woman desperately trying to manage all three. It was described to me as Sally Rooney with a sense of humor. Ooh. And basically two characters meet in a bookstore, but then there's also a third character who's a married professor, and I'm not exactly sure what happens, but I'll find out when it comes out. Apparently, Caroline O'Donohue has several YA novels published in the United States, but this is her first adult novel to cross the pond. And my friend from Random House added this, which I think is kind of funny based on where I work. There's an unexpected pregnancy plot line that demonstrates the importance of a woman's control over her own body in a way that a dozen NPR stories never could. Whoa. (laughs) Shots fired. So... 
That's the book I'm going to read about friendship, and the Rachel incident. Another Irish book. What is going on with all the Irish novels? We're, they're just now becoming available it's to like us, a I thing. think. Okay, all right. Um, well, my book's about friendship. I'll throw out a few. Um, Such a Fun Age by Kylie oh, yeah. Reed. Mm. It's not about friendship, but like the parts that stuck with me are all this parts where she and her three girlfriends just like hang out and they go out and they do things and they talk about the things that happen in their day. And it just like reminded me of friendships that I have. And so I just really liked it. And then I was like, your little women, I was thinking really any Jane Austen, right? Oh, right. Um, because all of the sisters are friends or they're the lady that lives, you know, uh, what Charlotte. Was? Charlotte, thank you. <laughs> Charlotte Lucas. And um, so any Jane Austen novel would really fit this one. And you want to go more Daniel Speed, It by Stephen King, because it's all about oh, four yeah. friends. Right. Um, but also it's weird. Get to pay like 83% through it. And the novel kind of nosedives. So what? be prepared for that. Did you? Did There's like a the turtle. It's weird. It gets the really weird. You're saying that it nosedives that you like yeah. in, you. I loved it, and then because I was reading it on my Kindle, and I so I saw that it was 83% of the novel, and then I was like, what is happening? Oh, okay. It's great up until that point, but it's okay. all about friendship. All so. right. And then one that I want to read. It sounds like a heart wrenching book but it's called my glory was that i had such friends by amy silverman and it is a book about a woman who finds out that she has some sort of cancer or debilitating disease and all of her friends come and stay with her at different parts of her recovery and so each chapter is told from like that time with that friend and I don't remember from when I was reading it if it was that each friend writes the chapter or like she tells about the time that the friend was there but it just sounds really moving and sweet and but it sounded really good I have two more that I forgot to add to my list Go for one it. is Love and Saffron by Kim Fay. it's an epistolary novel and it was a really good book about friendship that means letters or <laughs> diaries and then another one thank you Suzanne <laughs> I've lost it sorry. oh no I'm oh, sorry no. sorry Oh, Rules for Visiting by Jessica Francis Kane. That's right, because she goes and visits her all of her friends. Yes, right? she's gifted a month off and yes. decides that she wants to like, spend a week or two weeks with every... I think she does a fortnight with every one of her friends. She's guided by Emily Post, and so she learns like when she shows up at this first house, and she, I mean, getting there is just very difficult like flights are delayed and, and whatnot but Emily Post tells her when she arrives and her her host says how was your flight she's not supposed to start complaining so she just learns and she grows through this oh. process of reading Emily Post and visiting her friends so yeah, I loved it and so. Emily Post is the etiquette, etiquette queen uh -huh. we have her reference books like, oh nice for the last several editions oh, wow. if you ever are interested and what Emily Post has to say. I am. You could like learn what fork to use and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, That's I had great. to look yeah. up uh, linens once. <laughs> yeah. So good. sorry to tack that on. I just oh, forgot to good. write it in. Please never I apologize. Wonder if they, I hope they have like a like a appendix for podcast etiquette. <laughs> I don't think Emily like, Post got that far. <laughs> when you come up to a podcast, you're a podcast. Moving on, category four, uh, guilty pleasure, which I think we can all agree is actually not really a thing because you should never feel bad about what you read. 
Agreed? Agreed. This is like your free space on the bingo card, in my estimation. This is your freebie, read what you want, whenever you want uh, category. So So I'm taking it to mean like, what do you truly enjoy to read? What is Mm -hmm. something that gives you pleasure just sitting down and reading it? And that's what I'm going to use for this category, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a middle grade, probably, middle grade or YA novel. That's my guilty pleasure. If it Again, I don't feel guilty about it. I suggest that uh, a lot of adults who have not read children's fiction in a while sort of explore that genre because it's really good. Some, some really, really good novels. Do you have any specific titles you want to throw uh, out? You know, The Girl Who Drank the Moon is one uh, that I truly adored. Uh, one I want to read this year is Nevermore which is sort of a magical, yeah, magical school or magical children kind of thing. I also have not read The House in the Cerulean Sea, which is everyone is talking about and loves. So I need to read that too. That's on my list as well. But then if I feel like I need to read it, it's not really a guilty pleasure, is it? It needs to be like the book that I just pull off the shelf because the cover looks cool. For you, it's going to be like any book that you, that's not in school. <laughs> or, or any author that I've not scheduled for the podcast. Right. Because once I say <laughs> I'll interview you, then I have to read the book. So I do have one. One of my favorite books ever is Cutting for Stone by Abraham Verghese. And he has a new book coming out in May titled The Covenant of Water. This is even an early preview copy. This isn't even what the cover looks like because they put out another preview copy after I got this one. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to interview him, but I'm reading it anyway. So that's what makes this my guilty pleasure. It's like a huge book, too. (laughs) Just for people who are not like watching and are listening. Use your legs. Book Um, flexing. Yeah, it's quite large. But there has also, for people who can't hear, there was some excitement from the audience. So, um, oh, there we go. So this is coming out in May. The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese. That's big stuff. People love that. Cutting for stone. Daniel? Should I hide this? Mm. A guilty pleasure. Um, So, like, I love reading celebrity autobiographies. And uh, Kelsey Grammer's is one of my favorites. There's no real value to it. It's just fun to read about, like, how other people live. But uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And I'm going to do the audio book so I can just hear this guy talk about his life. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, when I was born. I don't know. I can't do it. Let's go stop. L I V I N. Got a lot of rule breakers out here. Okay, that's. It's like my best Matthew McConaughey. And then um, World War Z by uh, Max Brooks. It's a zombie book. You know, everyone needs to read a little bit about zombies every now and then. Well, my couple. I just throw out some titles. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I love Jane Austen. So Eligible was a really fun book with Curtis Sittenfeld. Um, and so it's a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, but with um, like The Bachelor hmm. going on. It's quite fun. That sounds fun. Um, and then also, <laughs> it was a YA novel that I really enjoyed the last several years. It was called The Thousandth Floor by Catherine McGee. And it's like Gossip Girl, but like a hundred years in the future so they live on the thousandth floor (laughs) which is like the penthouse and drama happens Mm. so intrigue teen angst it's quite fun okay so let's go on to category five villains point of view villains (laughs) thank you for that i'll go first because i was going to say the unfolding by am holmes but really anything by A.M. Holmes because she really loves to write about characters 
who leave the reader a bit unsure about how we feel about them because we're not sure if we're supposed to like wow. them or not. And as far as books that I want to read, I went first because I really don't have anything and I want suggestions. Oh, oh fair enough. Okay. But I like that you said that because I think that that is a theme that we're going to see a lot in this category. Is it good? Is it bad? It's hard to say one is absolute um, when humanity is flawed. Mm. Or, and then there's the whole unreliable narrator right. trope. Uh, so you might not... No, it's a villain until the end. <laughs> you have to take someone's word for it for a recommendation. I don't or you know. just take a stab at it and yeah. add it later because it made sense. And then there's A Ladder to the Sky by John Boyne. Oh my gosh, that novel. John Boyne wrote uh, Boy in Striped Pajamas and he wrote uh, Hearts Invisible Furies. What a fabulous, fabulous novelist. A Ladder to the Sky is about one of the most despicable human beings you will ever read about, and I loved it. <laughs> I adored that novel, so that's uh, my recommendation. Um, I have heard that the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, that was on my list, too. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry I just sorry. totally... No, don't feel but sorry. I just learned that today, so I have not read that classic uh, by um, Oscar Wilde. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of on my list. Uh, so that was on my list I'm as sorry, well. Sorry. No, 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 no. Please don't apologize. Okay. I think that just means that we have, you know, yeah. similar take on the, the category. Um, and, and then my other book that I wanted for this category that I really enjoyed last year that I'd never read was And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. Oh. And there's not like a clear cut villain because everybody's kind of awful. I don't want to give any spoilers, mm -hmm. but also it's fantastic and fun. And it's really short and quick. So um, that's a good idea, Agatha Christie. Thank you. Yeah. And then my other one that I think has shown up on a lot of the lists, but it is good if you haven't read it, is My Sister the Serial Killer. Um, it just is, it's fun, it's short, but also she's a serial killer, mm. so <laughs> not great, you know. <laughs> not great. Daniel. All righty. Uh, those are great. Everyone's suggestions are great. Uh, the one I read, uh, my suggestion was uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I'm only mentioning it so I can use this platform to say it's okay to call Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein. It's okay. You don't call your car, you call it a Ford. You don't call it Ford's automobile. <laughs> you can just call him Frankenstein. It's okay. I'm a librarian. We're cool with it. We won't correct you. And then the one I want to read is I finished Dune during COVID, and I want to get to God Emperor Dune because the God Emperor Dune, spoiler alert, um, is a giant worm king, and it's like one of the characters' grandsons from the first book turns into a giant worm, like a giant sandworm. Like he merges with the sandworms from the first book and he just like rules over everything. And uh, yeah, I don't think they'll ever make a movie out of that. So I want to find out what happens. So that's my suggestion for that. I also need to pipe up Wicked by Gregory Maguire. Okay. Yes. The, obviously the book that the musical is based on, but told from the point of view of the Wicked Witch of the West. Is it okay to say that I liked the musical better? Yes, it's always okay to say that um. because musicals are wonderful. We have like <laughs> talked bad about that book before I on the think podcast. We have. The, uh. Jamie, when we interviewed the director, she's like, we asked her a book she wasn't a fan of, and she's like, I'm not a fan of the <laughs> those books. Not yeah, of the Gregory and Maguire. Unless you loved it, in which case <clears throat> everybody gets to it. decide for themselves, right? We it. all have differing opinions and tastes. Mm -hmm. That's how I. Make that okay. Thank you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. One more category before we take a quick little break and hear from our audience members. Um, let's talk about the category about time. I'll Jump just out. shoot one off Do real it. quick. Watchmen by Alan Moore. Oh. Uh, it's got a, it's watching the title, and then it it's a, totally about time, past, present, future. Like, 
And like, it's a really great graphic novel if you haven't read it. It's like an essential read, so check it out. I had Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow again by Gabrielle Zevin, and then also This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub, who just came out this last year. Um, it has some time travel in it. And then The Impossible Lives of Greta Wells by Andrew Shangrier. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is on my list of ones to read, I think, this year. I did. It's one of my favorite of really books of the year. Loved it. Um, okay, so I'm listening to one now called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. It's huh. uh, translated from Japanese, and it's basically about a coffee shop where people go to travel through time. They can pick one place they want to go to, and they have to get back before the coffee is cold. It's a coffee huh. shop. 112263 by Stephen King. I am not a horror novel fan or aficionado, but I loved that book, and I know it looks really intimidating, but it is a speedy read, And but it's all about time travel and uh, the JFK assassination. Is and it a horror book? I'm sorry, I'm just going to interject. It is not. No, I'd say it's a suspense. I mean, there's some creepy elements yeah. in it, but it's more just um, suspense. Okay, I'd that's say. the vibe I was getting. Yeah, and I always have to put in a plug for A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. Oh, yeah. I read it many, many years ago. It actually wouldn't be bad for a reread because I remember that was one of those novels I just finished and I was like, oh, that was so wonderful. So, yeah. Love hearing all of your uh, suggestions. Uh, Mine are um, The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. That came out, uh, what, last year? Last year, I read Uh, it It was definitely her COVID Mm -hmm. story, but um, it jumps around from different time periods and way into the future and, like... A hundred years ago, I think like 1920 to, I don't even remember mm-hmm. what the time frames are. But um, anyway, it was really fascinating and interesting. And I love Emily St. John Mandel. Um, really, you could probably use Station Eleven for this category as mm-hmm. well, since it jumps back and forth on the timeline. Um, and then Una Out of Order is just kind of a cute little fun one. She lives her life completely out of order. Every year she wakes up and it's a different time in her life um, on her birthday. So she doesn't live her life chronologically. Oh, so what is that one called? Una Out of Order. Oh, that's by good. Uh, Margarita Montemore. Okay. The Slaughterhouse Five trope, right? Like the unhinged from time kind of thing. Is it like that? Like it's out of order? It's not unhinged. <laughs> well, he's unhinged from time. Like he's. No, out. she kind of t- learns to accept it, and it's quite beautiful. I'm, okay. <laughs> it's cool. It's, see, time travel is really confusing, so we'll just skip. We don't always have to, like, so confusing. fight against the time. Quantum Leap, he even figured it out, so. Oh, my gosh, Quantum Leap. Blast from the past. <laughs> I got it on DVD, yeah, so wow. no problem. Okay, we've reached the uh, halfway through our categories, and we wanted to take a quick break from you hearing from us so we could hear from you in the audience. Um, we've got a short little time and a microphone in the center of the room. If you have a category you're excited to share about from the first six, just tell us your name, uh, where you're from, if it's not Wichita, or if it's Wichita, you can say that too. And then the t- book title, author, and one or two sentences about why you would recommend it. Andy Tade, Wichita. Okay. Uh, so I'm one of those that does make a list. So I have all 12 categories, and I have at least one book in each category. Some have two or three to get through. But uh, for my friendship, one or time, it fits in both. <laughs> I just finished fairy tale by Stephen King. Okay. And it's a fascinating story. It's a it's a little bit horror in some spots. Uh, definitely fantasy. It's 
was just very enjoyable. I started it just a few days ago, and it was one of those that I just could not wait to get home from work and just sit down on the sofa and just start reading. So I think I finished it last night around 1230 because I was only 100 pages away from the end <laughs> and I wasn't going to finish. But Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Okay. That sounds like Thank yeah, you, Andy. It sounds like it's right up my alley. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cheryl Esau from Wichita, and I've got two. For the non-human, one of my favorites is The Traveling Cat Chronicles. <gasps> I'm going to attempt the name by Iro Arakawa, I think, uh, maybe Japanese translated. We will definitely have the right spelling in the yes. show notes. Yes. So, Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's just a really sweet story about a man and his cat. I don't want to say too much more, but it's, it's just wonderful. So that one for the non-human. And for, I just thought of this while listening, uh, the, the one book about time, Dark Manor by Blake Crouch. Oh, I like that. Fabulous. I keep getting that recommended and to me. kind of a time travel-ish story, but mm -hmm. sort of was, parallel universes, right? Yes, parallel yeah. universes, even better. But it's outstanding, and that's not normally my type of book. So Very that's good. funny you should say that because I don't remember the plot points, but like I remember I really liked it, and I was like, this is not a book <laughs> I would normally pick up. So good suggestion. Very good. Thank you. Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl. Paul Leaker, Wichita. I think Hi, I'm going to read uh, The Pickwick Papers for Friendship by Charles Dickens. I've been reading that book off and on since I was in high school. I've never finished it, <laughs> but there are all these like little vignettes and friendship, and it's chaotic, and it's Dickens at his funniest, and I think this is the year that I'm going to finish it. Awesome. You got it. We, you can, you can do, do it. it, Paul. Give it yes. up for Paul. He's going to finish this book. Thank you, Paul and Cheryl and Andy. Those are great recommendations. Yeah, so and find me now. after the show. I'll get you a free book because I have that power. <laughs> Librarians are the best. <laughs> okay. Well, are we going to do anything else on our break time? Don't let no. Suzanne sing. Oh, I will sing now. I will sing extra. Do we want to? We could have a sing-along. We could turn this into a whole sing-along if you wanted Butterfly to. Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> I can Yeah. Okay. We, we won't do that. Take uh, a look. It's <laughs> in a book. Reading a rainbow. Reading a rainbow. You're welcome. We'll be here not all week, so. All right. <laughs> all right, so let's go on back to the categories, uh, since I'm sure you guys are enjoying our commentary. Um, this one's category difficult. seven. This one's difficult? Because I'm colorblind. Oh, but, but not to the words. But not to the words, so. <laughs> well, That's this one is color in the t a color in the title. So, Daniel, mm -hmm. do you want to tell us your choices? Redbone, a true story of an American rock band by Christian Stabler. It's French. It's a, IDW. It's a graphic novel about the, rock, the Native American rock band Redbone from yeah. the 70s. And it kind of ties into, like, Native American issues at the time. And it was actually a French book, and, like, because this guy in France was, like, super obsessed with the band and wrote it. And um, they... IDW released it like two years ago, so oh. it's a pretty good graphic novel if you like historical graphic novels. And then Red Shirts, I just stick with Red, yeah, by John like Scalzi. John Scalzi is a sci-fi writer. Red Shirts is kind of about the guys that die in the Star Trek episodes, like the like extras that are always like dying when they have, they call them Red Shirts or whatever. Did they wear and, Red Shirts? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Like, that's, it, like, it's a trope from like the Star Trek show, but it takes place with another like fictional space fleet. And like it's about the guys that are like the grunts for the space fleet, and it's been on my like to do sci-fi read list for a minute. So okay, yeah, Suzanne, uh, the one I suggest is the Red Tent. 
can't remember who wrote it. Isn't it? Uh, and Di- Anita Diamond. 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 Uh, yeah, Anita Diamond. It is fantastic. That was one of those book club reads from the 90s, I think, and I, it sticks with me. It's fantastic. Um, because Cheryl's here, I'm going to say The Goldfinch. <laughs> she hates that book. <laughs> Um, Only because you're here, Cheryl. But the one I'm going to read this year is The Red Rising. I want to read Red Rising. The series, Do I Get Extra Points Because the Author is Pierce Brown? No. No. (laughs) Okay, that's reaching. No, you don't. There's no extra points in Read Ice and Tea, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Beth. The one I am recommending is White Teeth by Zadie Smith. uh It's also in the Thousand Books to Read Before You Die book. But I'm going to read Brown by Kevin Young. It's a book of poems. Kevin Young was born, I think, in Lincoln, but his family moved to Topeka when he was 10, and so he was raised in Topeka. And he's kind of a big deal poet. And five years ago, I would have never attempted to read a book of poetry, but now I, I love it. I, I took a nature of poetry class for my school, Suzanne. Undergrad school. And um, it's especially great if you can get an audio of the author reading it to you. So anyway, I'm going yeah, to do a book a of poetry. One. Brown by Kevin Young. Okay, well, my book that I really liked um, was The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Um, If you haven't read that yet, definitely put it on your list. It's a true crime about the (laughs) World Fair in Chicago in 1889 or something like that. And um, H.H. What's his name? H.H. Holmes. Is that right? Yeah, his hotels of death, yeah. Um, And he's a serial killer, and it was gross. So I guess it could be a villain, too, technically. Oh, yeah. Um, But anyway. And a long title. Does it have a De- subtitle? It has, of course. It's like the devil in the white city, the tale of blah, 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 blah. Murders and mayhem yes. in Chicago. Something like know. that. Okay. Yeah. So probably it does. Also, when we recorded our video for announcing all the categories, I had not read The Color Purple. The Color Purple mm. has been on my list. I was going to read it like last year for a book that intimidates me just because I just have never read the book. Anyway, I read it before the end of the year. Wow. And so I can't count it for the Keller category. But it was so good, and I'm sorry that I put it off. Like, it <laughs> really was sweet and wonderful. The book that I want to read, though, is The Last White Man by Mosin Hamid. Um, it's, I think, you have, you know what I'm talking about. So I think the guy wakes up, and he's the last white man in the world. And so what would that be like? Well, he wakes up, and his skin has turned dark oh backwards and everyone is turning but then he then other people start to wake up with dark skin until there is one final white person oh i think okay so i just skipped over that whole thing yeah okay what's the basic gist that's why we have people who read books who can correct me and that was a literary feast pick a few months back yeah it sounded really good and i want to read it even if i don't have the plot details just right and I was at our local bookstore on New Year's Eve and picked up Demon Copperhead, which is the new Barbara King solver inspired by David Copperfield. And I realized I could use that for this category because copper is yeah. a color. And so. valuable. And valuable. <laughs> so that's it's another. And I read Anne of Green Gables during the shutdowns of COVID. And that was delightful. I Beautiful. watched Robin Henry's copies of the movies, but uh, I need to read the book. And now I want to go to that place, Prince Edward Island, and just be her. That's why we read. All I'm right, are we, are we talked about that I category? Think okay. <laughs> uh, so category I think we've exhausted. We've exhausted So category eight is a protagonist with an LGBTQIA plus uh, protect, or no, mm-hmm. character. Pr- protagonist, yeah. Um, one I recommend that I've read is Matrix by Lauren Groff. 
Um, it, the main character is, is a real person, but she reimagines her life. It's Marie de France, who was, lived in the 1700s. And um, it is, it's a fantastic book. And then one that I have not finished uh, would be Less by Andrew Shangrier. He won the Pulitzer for that one, or even the, the sequel to that, which I have in one of these stacks somewhere. Or actually, any book by Andrew Shangrier would probably work. Okay, so I recently read A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers, which is this uh, beautifully written little novella, and the uh, main character is non-binary. So they are referred to as they throughout the book, and people are calling it comfort sci-fi. <laughs> it's just sort of like <laughs> charming and, and wonderful. Um, the That's book I'm though, reading... you don't really get that with sci-fi. Really, it's kind yes. of like hard and gritty. Right, and no, meh. this is sci-fi where the beings... It's just really about real life and, and enjoying the moment and that sort of thing. It's just a really cool. uh, feel-good thing. The one I'm reading now, totally opposite of that, extremely bonkers novel called Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Martin. The only reason I picked it up is it's on the, well, I got it as a gift, but it's on the, um, the 2023 Tournament of Books bracket, which uh, oh. is done, Field Notes sponsors this every March. This is a post-apocalyptic body gore horror novel. I don't know if I'm going to get through it, but I think I will because I keep reading it. Um, but basically the characters are uh, all sorts of different um, genders and sexualities, and um, it's, yeah, it's quite a ride. So um, one I recommend is Alice Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink. I mentioned Joseph Fink from the Night Vale podcast. They oh. did a, this is a book based off the podcast. Alice Isn't Dead was about, um, I forgot the character's name because it's been a minute, but she's a truck driver who's looking for her wife, Alice, and she's traveling through America and finding, uncovering this like secret conspiracy, and um, Fink is like really good. Most of the books Fink has written all have LGBT characters, and uh, they're just fun science fiction novels. Uh, the one that I want to read was one you recommended to me, The City We Became by N.K. Mm. Jemison. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. I was reading about it, and it said most of the characters are yeah. somewhere on the LGBT spectrum. So. And sometimes I think it's, like, not clear, and that's okay. And, like, mm -hmm. yeah, all our characters are very interesting, um, and they all fit the, the bill. Mm -hmm. So um, her other series, though, is Broken Earth Trilogy, and there's also um, some LGBT characters in that one as well. But it's just, it's not pronounced. Like, it's not, it's just, like, a thing that occurs. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, people who can shake the earth with the power in their hands and <laughs> cause earthquakes, and, you know, they're harnessing energy, whatever, you know? Um, she's a fantastic storyteller. She's another one whose books I will just recommend until I'm blue in the face because she's just really amazing. And one I just thought of, I'll be real quick, is The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it in our uh, promo video, but just a really feel-good uh, novel about some kids who go to live with their gay uncle in Palm Springs. <laughs> and it is uh, kind of an adventure. So. Uh, the one that I want to read, though, is um, Seven Husbands of Elvinland Hugo. Oh, yeah. I keep seeing that on a bunch of lists, and so I'm going to go for it. I see somebody in the audience being mm -hmm. excited about it. Um, but that one's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've read some of her other books. I like it. I hear this one is one of her best, so I can't wait to pick it up. That is a goodie. Moving right along, category nine is a book about death or grief. Want, want, want. Fun one, we got here. Okay, but it can be, it can be. still cathartic, it's very right? Important. 
Um, do we want to talk about why we picked this category, Suzanne? Do you want uh, me to talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Uh, I'm glad to talk about it. Uh, it's sort of a nod to this year's uh, Wichita Big Read, which um, I'll go ahead and say is Can't We Talk About Something More Pleasant by Roz Chast. So that is a graphic memoir by a New Yorker cartoonist who tells the story of caring for her aging parents. And it is um, funny at times and poignant and sad and all the feels. And um, it's also, I'm going to go ahead and say, also going to count for category number 12 because she's coming to Wichita as part of the big read. So thank you to the Wichita Library. That is super exciting. I read it a few years ago and just really loved it. So uh, thank you. That's exactly why I had you announce it because <laughs> then you can promote our stuff and it's quite fun. And then you praise us. I like oh, praise yeah. all the time. Librarians are the best, <laughs> I'm telling you. Even though our book is chosen by committee and it wasn't yeah, necessarily still. just me. Um, but yes, that is why we chose it. We loved this book and this is not a podcast about the big read, mm -mm. but if it was, I would tell you all about it. Uh, otherwise though... <laughs> Suzanne's um, recommendation yeah, is great. highly recommended. And uh, one more on this. I'll go ahead and, and keep control of the mic for a minute. Uh, Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End by Atul Gawande. This is just about dying with dignity and dealing with, you know, uh, dealing with those end-of-life issues. And it's written by a doctor who, um, who sort of sees this from... Um, from the medical standpoint of, you know, we do anything to preserve life, but then also kind of looks at it from the, the human standpoint, and it's um, very, very wonderful. Highly recommended. That's Being Mortal, Medicine, and What Matters in the End. One that I actually just thought of while you were talking, and now I can't remember the title, but maybe you guys can help me out, but it's about the family who's grieving the death of the patriarch and their Jewish family, so they have to sit Shiva for like seven days. Oh, is and it by Jonathan Tropper? Maybe. This is where I leave you or something. This is like where that. I leave you. Yes. That was so good. Um, it was funny <laughs> because it's like this dysfunctional family and it really, my family's wonderful and great and we're not dysfunctional, but like it still reminded me like some of the relationships, right? Oh, Sarah, me. every family is dysfunctional. Okay. My that family's perfect. True. So um, it's mm -hmm. not us, but um, anyway, so thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> um, and then the best we could do by two B, is that how you pronounce her name? Um, is a family that had immigrated from Vietnam. And so it's like this generational trauma of how that happened and how that impacts. At the beginning of the book, she's giving birth to her son. And so it's like her parents and her and then how it's going to impact her son. And it's a graphic novel. So it's hmm. beautiful and poignant in ways that I think a novel written with just words cannot be. And so it was really a great story. And then also, because we interviewed him on the podcast last season, and I, it's another one that I just loved so much, Lark Ascending yeah. um, like by Silas House. And this would be another one that fits the LGBT category because the protagonist identifies as gay. Again, it's just part of the story. He has to go undercover because in this new world, gay people are hunted down. Mm. So, uh, And then it's also like climate fiction. and I'm and, not a human narrator because some of the books has a dog point of view. Oh, there, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there's a dog point yeah, of view so. for part of it, too. Wow. Yes. Oh, man. You can find a book that book. fits every category. Probably. Let's see there if we can find it. <laughs> there has to be one. Okay, I'm done now. Book about grief. Uh, one I would recommend is Jeff Vandermeer's Annihilation. Mm. It's a weird, bizarre science fiction book, but it takes place after the main character. She finds out her husband died, and then she's sent on this crazy mission in this weird mutant like post-apocalyptic version of Florida. 
And it's the beginning of the Southern Reach. So trilogy. Florida? Yeah. <laughs> so Florida? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of Florida men uh, scaring everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird book about grooving, but like as she's experiencing all these weird stuff, she's thinking about her husband, who is also in this area at some point. So it's kind of like, it's weirdly like poetic about grieving and how it presents cool. everything. So, Okay, so two books that I've read and recommend. The first one is The Furrows by Namwali Serpel. It just came out a few months ago. And she starts the story by telling uh, the protagonist's name is Cassandra, and she is walking with her brother to the beach. He is swimming. He gets caught by riptide. She goes out to get him. She's swimming to shore with him. She feels him die on her back. So she rolls up on shore. He's up on shore. She passes out. She sees a man in a blue windbreaker come and pick up her brother and take him away. So she doesn't know if he died or not. So she begins the story by saying, I don't want to tell you what happened. I want you to know how it felt. So she oh, wow. tells that story. But then she starts another story where she's 12 years old and she's walking to the, to the fair with her brother and, and he's clipped by an automobile and a man in a blue jacket comes to So in each story, she tells three different ways that her brother died, if he died, huh. but she doesn't know if he died because the body was never recovered. So she's just telling about the grief in all three stories. Wow. And we don't exactly know what happened. It was a really well done book. It was a good read. Um, another one is A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. And one I'm going to read, which is related in a way, is A Severe Mercy by Sheldon, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, I'm not exactly sure, Sheldon Vonnegut. It's um, an autobiography, and this is according to my daughter. Uh, the first part is a mushy love story between the author and his wife, but the second part is about Sheldon grieving his late wife who died young. A big part of the grieving process would be the letters he exchanged with his friend C.S. Lewis there in the book, and it helped C.S. Lewis grieve his own wife who died after Sheldon's. So that's mm. going to be on my to-be-read list. So I really like this category because I think it's something, and I'm going to harken back to our big read for a second, but you know, the whole point is no one wants to talk about <coughs> death. No one wants to talk about their grief because it's a difficult topic. But the fact is that everybody processes it. it different way and it's very universal thing right we have all had to experience death or grief in some way mm -hmm. and so talking about it is therapeutic really so hopefully you find comfort in this category even though it's kind of sad mm -hmm. okay category 10 any other thoughts on that I know. I'm so profound it is I like this. Um, deep okay. thoughts <laughs> we are in category 10 we are mm -hmm. in category 10 actually we yes. are because we are a book set mm -hmm. in the great plains mm -hmm. yes um so first off before we do this i know we've had a lot of discussion about what really constitutes the great plains what would you say we would count oh wow you know the flat part of the country <laughs> anything west of the hudson <laughs> but i've heard people say like montana would count what? right like uh, the Dakotas? Daniel, didn't you look it Nebraska. up? Yeah, so it's basically everything east of Montana to Michigan and then down south from that. So it's like... Um, does it include Texas then? I think yes, it might include it northern Texas. Texas. It does include Texas. Oh, if Ohio so Texas is in the Midwest, I think it could be anything you want. Yeah. yeah. Anything between yeah, the middle part of the country. It could also be in Canada too because... Um, no. Yeah, no. The, the Great Plains continues into Canada. <laughs> It does? Yeah, so it's, yeah, but it's like Alberta. I'm not sure exactly I which provinces, but I, I, I know it's like parts. the two middle ones. <laughs> okay. Saskatchewan. Right. 
Well, there you heard it. You know what? As Suzanne would say, count it. Count it. Okay, so what books did you choose for now that it could be set literally almost anywhere in the United States and Canada? I love to read about the Dust Bowl, and I read The Grapes of Wrath a few um, years ago and absolutely loved it. It's one of those classics that um, it is perfect to read on a hot, dusty Kansas summer day <laughs> or week. It might take you a week or so, um, so I highly, highly recommend that. The one I want to read is The Children's Blizzard by uh, Melanie Benjamin, so that's a novel about that true story about the children leaving school, trying to walk home in the blizzard, and they oh, were missing I read for that. a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the one I want to read. I would say, you know, I have some William Least Heat Moon at home I could read. Um, Kent Harriff, he wrote Plain Song. Um, Kristen Hanna wrote The Four Winds, mm -hmm. which is very Dust Bowl related. The Worst Hard Time by Timothy Egan, if you want to go more the nonfiction route. Um, one I'm probably going to read, because I probably will talk to the author, is Save What's Left by Elizabeth Castellano. It comes out on June 13th. And this is what I love about it. When Kathleen Dean's husband, Tom, tells her he's no longer happy with his life and their marriage, Kathleen is confused. She says, who said anything about being happy? We live in Kansas, for goodness sake. <laughs> So it starts in Kansas. I believe she buys a beach house somewhere on the coast, but I'm counting it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead, Daniel. All right. So I'm Comanche. I'm a member of the Comanche Nation, and we're, we're like, the there's a slogan on all, all our, like, symbols. It's actually in my picture. It's Lords of the Plains, because we are the, we're Plains natives, and, uh, the, like, the Great Plains is our tribal territory. So I was one, I was looking for books by native authors. Uh, for one that I recommend is The Last Powwow by Stephen Paul Judd and that native Thomas who we actually interviewed, uh, that native Thomas, Thomas Yapow was a Kiowa writer, and Stephen Paul Judd is a artist and writer who's Pawnee and Kiowa. And The Last Powwow is kind of like American Gods, but it takes place with like Native American uh, mythological like figures such as like, like the coyote and deer woman, and they all show up in this story. So it's a fun like read if you like, or, like uh, what's it? magical realism and like urban fantasy. And it takes place all at different parts of the country, but uh, Oklahoma and uh, Minnesota is kind of like two of the big chunks of the book. I was actually looking for books that were kind of like na like mystery books, contemporary mystery books by native authors. And one that kept coming up is one I want to read now. It's by David Heska Wombly Wyden, and it's called Winter Counts. And it's a like a mystery thriller that, that's in the style of Stieg Larsson that takes place on the Pine Ridge oh. Indian Reservation. So okay, Very good. that yeah. sounds cool. Um, my I have a few. Um, Chicken Sisters was a cute little fun book. I feel like everybody read two years ago, but if you haven't, it was really fun. And it's set in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, and then Killers of the Flower Moon mm -hmm. by David Grant is a real good one. Um, we have that as a book set. If you want to read it with your book club, you can totally check it out from us. Before the movie comes out? Yes, you should, because it's probably going to be better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the book always is. Yeah. Usually. And then uh, Braiding Sweetgrass is one that I want to read mm -hmm. uh, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. I just is. remember that somebody that I love recommended it to me, and now I just really want to read it. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. I actually had that as Thank another you. recommendation for long title. I read it in November, and it is gorgeous. I loved it. Okay. Yes. Well, and I think she was actually on... Something that was on KMUW, because that's where I heard her, which I was like, oh, I need to get that book. So mm -hmm. anyway. And it comes, she just came out with a young adult version of, oh, that, cool. of that book. So that came out last year. It's 
awesome. Okay, category 11 was a book about a closed or a secret society. Beth, you look like you got some well, stuff I have, to say. I mentioned this earlier, but The Unfolding by A.M. Holmes. And I did this because basically we meet this guy, we only know him as the big guy, and we meet him the night that John McCain conceded the election to Barack Obama. And he focuses on his relationship with his wife and his daughter during this time in which he fears for the future of America. And so he starts the secret pact with some gentlemen who liken themselves to the Eisenhower 10. And the Eisenhower 10, they were a group of US citizens who were secretly tasked by President Eisenhower in 58 to serve as administrators in the event of a national emergency. And they were, they were not in government roles at all. They would be like doctors or professors or whatever. And so these guys, thought, you know, they just created this group, you know, and called themselves the whatever 10, I don't remember what it was, but that was a secret pact, and it's a great book. And as far as what I want to read, you've mentioned secret history, so I might. Yeah, I, I haven't actually read it, but it's on my list. And is it called, um, the, is it When We Were Villains, or If, oh, we, if we Were if Villains? If We Were Villains? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's one I might want to read as well. That's, that's a all. goodie, too. All oh. right. Suzanne, go. Okay, so one um, that came to me recently that would really fit this category, and I was just noticing on Goodreads, it seems like she has changed the subtitle of this book, which I find interesting. Okay, so the memoir by Megan Phelps Roper, Unfollow, uh, it used to be, I think the subtitle was like growing up in the uh, Westboro Baptist Church or something. Basically, she grew up, um, she's Fred Phelps's granddaughter and grew up protesting funerals and doing all of that. She wrote a memoir. Now, the newest edition, uh, the, the subtitle is A Journey from Hatred to Hope, which is a better subtitle, frankly, for the <laughs> rest of the country. Who Does that count as seven words or more? Uh, I don't know. I didn't count them. Unfollow, A Journey from Hatred to Hope. It's exactly seven. Okay. Um, but it, it, that is basically her experience growing up and then moving away from uh, that. And it's extremely well written. I remember being super um, just kind of surprised and engrossed by that story and I highly recommend it. Um, and then the one uh, I want to read is Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. I've never read that. that was and good. I hear that that's fantastic. So that's on my list. I was also going to say the Under the Banner of Heaven if you haven't. Uh, it came out of several years ago. I think they probably made it into a show because what book have they not? But um, yeah. Definitely a riveting read. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what books did you bring? Oh, for um, Secret or Closed Up Society? Yes. Uh, my recommendations are all going to be comic books because that seems like what I've all been reading lately. <laughs> First of all is uh, Department of Truth, which is about like a secret and now I just I lost my note, so I forgot the name of the author. But okay, suffice to say it's about a secret or closed society. It's about a secret or closed society. <laughs> we'll have it in the show. And then... Um, which it's about like these government agents that like keep this like big national secret closed. And then um, the other book I was going to recommend was a book called Rabbits, which is about this augmented reality game. And it's by Nathan something, and I had it over there, but again, I lost my card with my recommendations on it. But uh, it's, called it's Rabbit. Rabbits. It's actually Rabbits. another book that got, it was like a 30 episode podcast, and I liked the beginning of it, and I was like, I'm not going to finish at least 30 hour long episodes of this podcast. I'm just going to read the book they turned it into. And it's called Rabbits, and Rabbits is like an augmented reality game that like people play, and then once they get past certain levels, they become part of the secret society, and they keep playing it, and it gets like really deep and mysterious. So. Would it also count as a non-human 
book? No, it's a human characters. Okay. Book about yeah. rabbits, though. It's a book about rabbits. <laughs> well, the game's called Rabbits. For a future, for a future challenge. Future We're keeping those in mind. <laughs> so mine that uh, was Under the Ban of Heaven was going to be one that I had read. And then um, the, the one that I also really liked last year was The Husbands by Chandler Baker. Ooh. It's like Stepford Wives, but the gender roles are reversed. Ooh. Ooh. I know, I know. It's exciting. Okay. (laughs) One I wanted to plug as well is, um, and I haven't read it yet, but have heard wonderful things about it. Amanda Montel, it's actually a nonfiction book called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism, where she actually does a lot of research into cults and what makes them so effective and why people um, are taken in by them. So that sounds fascinating. Well, so the other one I could throw out there is Girls by Emma Klein. I didn't read that one, but uh, it was inspired by the Charles Manson story. Not really into serial killers, it turns out. Like, that's just not my thing. But, you know, it's fine. Secret society. It's a secret society. Okay, so we got to the end, you guys. Mm -hmm. We got to category 12. And everybody's like, well, I don't know who's coming to Wichita yet. But, Beth, don't you have some thoughts on this category? Mm -hmm. I do. (laughs) Watch out. First of all, Watermark posts all of their author events on their website. They have a newsletter that goes out called uh, News and Notes. And I just want to say, these events usually start around 6 or 7, and you get home from work and you don't want to go back out. I just recommend that you really attend author events. You will never be disappointed. Um, whether it's at Watermark, whether um, you know the library hosts some, Wichita State has the Reading Now, Writing Now series when they bring that back up. You will never be disappointed. You'll learn something new about the author. You'll learn something new from the book. You might learn something new about yourself. Just you know, put your clothes back on and go out to the <laughs> to go out to the <laughs> event. Is all I have to say. Yes, here, here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we do know some authors that are coming. In fact, speaking of Watermark, we're working with Watermark to put on some author events in our spring catalog, which I'll go ahead and share with you now. So Jeanette Walls, uh, whose new book, Hang the Moon, is coming out, will be here at the Advanced Learning Library on April 12th. Author of The Glass Castle. Also, yep. And Half Broke Horses. I read Mm -hmm. both of those. Good nonfiction memoir, Mm -hmm. you know, brings you in. C.J. Box. Uh, his latest Stormwatch is coming out, and so he'll be here on March 2nd. Uh, and then Sarah Pinner, who everybody loves, uh, who yeah. wrote The Lost Apothecary, is going to be here on March 28th. I did those totally out of order, but this is the way that I looked them up. And her latest book is uh, London Seance Society, which I think would also count as a closed or secret oh. society. So. We have those coming up. Does anybody know of any others? Um, I saw at Watermark, uh, Kathleen Shine, the author of The Grammarians, is okay. coming. I believe that's in Mar- late March or April sometime. So, I always look at like music- people that might be here that aren't authors that also have books, because like, every celebrity has a book. Uh, so far for this year, Jody Messina, country singer-songwriter, will be at Temple Live. And she actually wrote a Chicken Soup for the Soul book about being a mother. So... Count it. Count it, right? I mean, like, in the last couple years, you know, they have comedians that come, pro wrestlers. Chris Jericho's written, like, nine books, and he's a wrestler. (laughs) Even Tallgrass, we had Lloyd Kaufman here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at Tallgrass, Mm and we actually met him, and he was like, do you guys have all my books here at the library? We had one. (laughs) And he signed it. He signed it, yeah. And if you look up the Lloyd Kaufman, like, we have a signed copy in our collection. You can check out what to take it home and look at his autograph. That's great. 
And so then we also, I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, when we interview authors um, for various podcasts, we're hosting them and we're an organization in Wichita. A so virtual event. Yeah. You could mm -hmm. count that as a virtual event. So you really have so many options for this category. I know we can't tell you all of them right now and you can't make your full list. I'm so sorry. But um, I think it really opens it up quite a bit. There's also like authors that kind of like live here or have a lot of family here that mm -hmm. like might be visiting but not publicly <laughs> like it, yeah. james lee and alifair burke are oh right like frequent Alifair visitors burke to wichita i guess sure. so. did harrison ford write a book he's had to have right i mean any you know? han solo book counts for this so. <laughs> i don't know that that's alton, okay fine alton count it brown. count it when alton brown comes back into town. yes right there you go mm -hmm. um yeah there's local authors too and yeah, we have you. yes yeah, but they're visiting because they're here so <laughs> that counts well, that seems like a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah, it does. So until next time. Keep turning those pages. Bye, Beth. Bye. Books and Whatnot is a production of KMUW Wichita. Our team of engineers, producers, editors, and hosts are Mark Stancer, Torin Anderson, Haley Krausen, Jonathan Huber, Luann Stevens, Carly Cooper, Beth Golay, and Suzanne Perez. You can reach us by email sent to podcasts at kmuw.org, on Twitter at Books and Whatnot, and on Instagram, books underscore and underscore whatnot. Find more conversations and a list of books discussed in this episode at kmuw.org.